Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we've got Danny King here for our annual Over-Unders podcast, which is the first podcast we do coming out of the 4th of July week. And it just means, like, we are right around the corner for training camp. I mean, it is two weeks away from today when you're listening to this. I mean, we are putting out camp battles, polls, uh, tweets, and Instagram posts. Arch Stapleton's doing his, you know, 12 most important players. Like, this is, we are, we're there. Like we, we, we are there. We're going to record PPPs next week. I am. It finally, it hit me today because I got a bunch of stuff done for the supplemental draft. This podcast that like we are, I mean, let's, let's go. Yeah, let's do it. And I love this pod, Bobby Skinner, because this is like, Hey, like let's, let's have some takes about the New York football giants, what they're going to do this year and say it with your chest. We're going to talk about like, Hey, this is what we think is actually going to happen. Danny King is joining us and also uh, a story in the background. No, not the supplemental draft. Uh, happy Saquon Barkley week to all those who celebrate. Yeah, we I mean, we got three more podcasts after this. We're going to do a mailbag, Saquon, and then we are going to have a Saquon. Like, next Tuesday, we will have closure on Saquon Barkley. Like, is he playing on the franchise tag? Or is he, does he get a contract done? So we will, we will have all of that. So hope, hope you're around with us for that. And if you want to be there with us, you can be there with some special people. We got Preston Holyfield. He's a Vandal, uh, a Vander Holyfield's, uh, brother. By the way, press, you know, and I won't give that away, but the street, like I think his dad was like, they named the street after his dad or something. Richard Levine. Old Dick, Dick Levine, Dick on Levine, uh, VA, how, how tunin? My guy. And Derek H. Wood. And when I say H. Wood, it's literally H-Wood. Maybe it's Hood. I'm in the Hood. Justin, who are these people? Speaking of dicks on vines, that's what Danny King does every Saturday. And Danny King, where do these people go? They go to patreon.com slash talking giants because for $2 a month, which mind boggling deal right there, they get fantastic content, live streams of the pod uh, before everyone else sees it. You get post game reactions mm. uh, in season. You're going to be mm. seeing a whole lot of wins on post game reactions this year, especially those 2 a.m. ones. They're going to be fire. I would subscribe. Every, if you aren't subscribed, what are you doing? Do it right now. Patreon.com slash talking giants. So let's get in first uh, some news. Uh, Anthony Blevins, the Giants special team assistant, very well respected within the building. Well respected. Um, good coach, better man. I think one of the reporters tweeted out today. Uh, he's joining. <laughs> Is that really, the, what they said? <laughs> I think so. Um, I th- did Jordan Danny look that up? Did Jordan Renan tweet that about? What, what, Please what, what tell me Jordan tweeted that. I got you. Um, he's joining USFL. Uh, so as a head coach, by XFL, the way, which is a XFL. which is a 
which is a or yeah whatever the usfl <laughs> big jump for him so that's exciting for him congrats to him um and i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do this at the end but the the supplementary nfl draft is uh today when you're listening to this on tuesday i'm gonna give you a preview i did evaluations on the two players i'm gonna explain what it is all that good stuff but we're gonna get these over under what did what did jordan say danny jordan Jordan has to tweet anything in a while. I don't. I don't think Jordan tweeted that. I don't think it was Jordan. You guys suck. Oh wait, he, he is no. a Thomas McGahey stand though. Uh, so that wouldn't surprise me if he did say it. I I think that would come from like somebody else, not Jordan. I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I know who it was, but I don't want to say a name and then just. I would think about texting Jordan if Jordan. Good, said oh no, it, it was good man plus coach. Oh. I gotta do everything my damn self, Danny King. Very well respected. All right, let's get into these over unders. Well respected. And surprisingly, last year, um, for as much as the Giants exceeded expectations, most of the overs didn't hit on the things we did. We didn't exceed they they didn't exceed them in the way that we originally thought that they would. Well, you want to know why that they didn't was because we thought this offense was going to be what they tried to be at first, which yes. was, hey, it's going to have mistakes, but they're going to push this ball downfield and try and create explosives. And they, hey, that's what they tried to do in training camp. They tried to try to do that the first week or two of the season. And then they, you know, they changed according to their personnel. We also had hopes for Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay at that time. So a lot changed from this time last year before week two, you know, week one to three in the season so a lot of the stuff just didn't hit and, and we even like accounted for injury last year where we did some yards per game stuff instead of totals because injuries it's the worst thing that the most annoying thing to do on the over-unders podcast is be like yeah i think this guy could do this but he's gonna miss three games duh, duh, duh. even though we do have a couple total ones so uh the first one we're gonna do is daniel jones total touchdown so passing and rushing and we're gonna do 26 and a half Last year he had 22. The year, the two years before, at 12 and 12, and then his rookie year in 12 games, he only had not only he had 26. So he wouldn't have hit the over in that. Last year played a, a full healthy season, but again, the touchdown numbers were the thing really lacking from his uh, stats, and that comes from explosive plays. And I'm going to go under on this because wow. just because it's been four years and we haven't gotten the over on this, you know, and we. Again, I said I'm doing what I hated a second ago. This is a to- a, a season total, not a yards per, uh, per game stat. Daniel Jones did miss time every single year until this past season, you know. So like, it's not like he's, you know, Eli Manning, Mister Iron Man. Now, like, and he, you know, we we almost thought we weren't going to get him for that Packers game after he got hurt versus Chicago. So this is very doable for Daniel Jones. But just going on this, and we are looking at this from betters fans and not fan, you know, a, you know, a betting point of view, and not fans. If he hasn't done it once in four years, the safe bet is to say under. So he had twenty-two total last year, right? Yes. Let's. I'm. I'm even just saying this hypothetically, and this is really like, this is really maybe wishful thinking. I he could have gotten twenty-six. Last year, he played 82% of the Chicago game. So let's just say he leads a he leads a drive against Chicago, and then he scores a touchdown, whether it be a rushing or a passing touchdown. And also, you got to remember, he did miss the final week of the season against the Eagles. So he played 16 games, and then one of them, he only played 82% of the snaps in. So he could have gotten even close to 26 last year. I don't think he, he gets 27, but I think he gets close to 26. Here's the thing. I think he's going to have a lot, like, even, even if he doesn't hit this, the passing numbers, but... 
he had seven rushing touchdowns. That's a lot for a single season. Like, and rushing touchdowns are like, you know, the years before it was, you know, two, one, and two, you know. And he, I mean, he, he went, he went, he went like 16 games. He went like a year and a half, like year and a month without even getting, like, he had two in that first game versus the Bucks. He didn't have another one until week uh, 10 of 2020. Um, obviously, there's more part of that, but I, I think he's going to have like around, 22 23 passing touchdowns and like three rushing which puts him right at that 26 no but i will i will say i mean i feel a lot more comfortable comparing daniel jones to josh allen as a rusher rather than as a passer so that's what i'm doing here josh allen consistently has like eight nine you know he's he's like creeping up consistently double digit rushing touchdowns every single year and i inevitably think for how often daniel jones and how the, the freedom that this coaching staff gave Daniel Jones last year to kind of tuck it and run, I think that's going to continue in the red zone. And then also you have the design stuff that's there too. So um, Danny King, since we're, we're talking so much, why don't you give your, what are you, what are you thinking over or under? I, I'm not, I am going under as well. Bobby's one point did hit the, the whole, like he has it done it in four years. I'm also, I'm also of the mindset that obviously Daniel Jones was healthy all year last year. That was the first year he's been healthy. Can he do that again? I don't know because Daniel Jones still likes to take risks when he really shouldn't. So I'm yes, so bullish on that. His, his running ability is what, in a way, I hate to say this. I'm also kind of still bullish on this offense. Like I, I, I can't say I like Kafka was good at times last year, but he also wasn't good at times last year. So I'm not sure how much will Daniel Jones be really scoring many passing touchdowns. I don't know. Like you said, he he likes to use his leg, and the Giants like to use that in the kind of like towards the red zone type of deal because that's where Daniel Jones fried the defense is just almost like well, forgot he can run and maybe yeah. defenses will prepare for him more this year and we also still have Saquon Barkley on the team who's going to get a lot of short yardage rushing touchdowns yeah because I, I also don't see it um, like they were Saquon they were top of the league of rushing touchdowns last year you know and like it wasn't Saquon Barkley 56 yards like they were all within like the 15 um so it's you're gonna get you know Saquon's going to have like those 16, 17 yarders and then the two, three yarders where they're just going to hand it to him. Um, and maybe you get a, you know, one less one yard QB sneak and you don't play the Chicago Bears, who are the dumbest defense ever, who just keeps falling for the bootleg shit. And there, there's like three, four rushing touchdowns taken off the board. I didn't officially say, but I am going over. If, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, if oh. my, if my analysis didn't, uh, didn't lead it there, I, I inevitably, I inevitably think this team is just going to score more. And I think Daniel Jones was already pretty close, especially when you consider he missed the final game of the season. So even if the Eagles blow us out again in week 18, right? Let If Daniel Jones scores one, one touchdown or two touchdowns, maybe one in garbage time, right? That's 24 touchdowns in a 17-game season. And there was one game where he missed 18% of the snaps. Yes, you have to account for injury, and I know I'm not doing that right now, um, but... I think this offense is going to score more. I think they're going to be closer to top 10 than the average point that they were at last year. So give me over passing touchdowns for, or give me over total touchdowns for Daniel Jones 20 at 26 and a half. All right. Justin goes over. All right. Next is Daniel Jones passing yards per game. Uh, we're putting that at 225 passing yards per game. Last year, he was at his career low at 200 passing yards per game. Uh, the year before, 220, 210 in 2020, and then 2019, he was way over. He had 250 passing yards per game in games that he started. Um, this is the one I am going over, though, and I feel pretty confident about it. 
I mean, he had 220 passing yards per game in year two of uh, Jason Garrett's offense, and only five yards off from that. We know how bad his offense was. And that was missing Andrew Thomas for a chunk of that season. Uh, if Evan Neal can improve, it creates a lot more explosive. And again, you just have more... You have more stability as far as weapons around him. You know, you add Waller, who is, again, the biggest the biggest advantage that he's ever had uh, in his career is Darren Waller. Uh, you know, you have depth at wide receiver. You know, with, you know, Matt Paris Campbell, Wandale Robinson, you know, Shep is, you know, Jamison Crowder and Colin Johnson could get cut from this team. Those guys would have been starting week one for them last year, most likely. So this is one where I do feel good. Of, of going over. And I think they're going to get a bit more urgency in the passing game this year too. Yeah, I'm going to go over too. Um, now, I started this saying I'm going to go under because I started looking at stats that are indicating, and you know we kind of know this too just by watching the NFL, and the Giants were part of this too, where the NFL is heading towards running the ball a little bit more. Like rushing attempts are going up and passing attempts are going down a little bit. And you know I think this kind of exemplifies it. Uh, 23 QBs in 2020 were over 225 yards per game. 26 QBs in 2019 were over 225 passing yards per game. Daniel Jones was one of those QBs in 2019. 16 QBs in 2021 and 16 QBs in 2022 were over 225 passing yards per game. So I looked at that and I was like, well, I think I'm going to go under because that's just kind of natural. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think and I don't want this Giants offense to just be getting 300, you know, 280, 270 passing yards per game. That most likely means for this Giants offense that they're playing from behind, and I don't want that. Um, So what I did, even from last year, I wondered. So if we take out the Chicago game, the Chicago game, Jones had 71 passing yards. If we take out the Chicago game, what does his yards per game look like? Um, If you take out the Chicago game, Jones had 209 yards per game in 2022. He had 200.3 in 2022 when you include the Chicago game. So it increases at about nine yards. Okay, so it, it does make somewhat of a difference, but not enough difference to get close to 225. What I think this is going to come down to, guys, is not the pass attempts. Not how much do the pass attempts increase. But how much do you think the average depth of target and the yards per completion will increase? That really is the answer to this question. So Jones last year was 28th in yards per completion. Let's just say he was average last year at 11. So it was it was 10.1, 10.1 yards per completion. Average last year was 11. That's like QBs like Dak or, or were at 11 last year. That would have been 218 yards per game, even including the Chicago game. And if you take out the, the completions from the Chicago game, he's at 226.6. I am going over. I hope that this offense is more balanced this year. I hope that the average depth of target is balanced because that's really what I think is going to come down to this being over or under. So I'm going to go 225 passing yards per game. I'm going to go over for that reason. Bobby, you're muted. I think, like I said, I think it's going to be right around that bubble. Like, I don't want it to be 2019 where he was 250 passing yards per game. No, you're behind Then when you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and again, we're going to hopefully create more explosives, but I don't think it's going to be just, hey, seven-step drop, seven-step drop, seven-step drop type uh, type of stuff. Um, but, again, Waller creates more explosives in this in the passing game where Saquon didn't – like, Saquon was your only explosive player last year. It's late into – but Saquon didn't add any explosives in the receiving game. 
So now you add Waller. You got a slot guy who can create some stuff with there. Yeah, you, you add Jalen Hyatt. He could be good for a couple extra plays. And I just think he's going to get uh, o- uh, over on this. Danny. You could you look at, obviously, when it was 20, uh, first year under Garrett, numbers went down. Second year under Garrett, numbers went up. New offensive system, numbers weren't that high. Is it going to bounce back again th- this year? I think it will. I think it will. I think he, I think he will go over on this one. Because you look at it last year, when the Giants wanted to pass the ball, they passed the ball with relative ease. Like, obviously, that Minnesota game, I know they lost, but Daniel Jones had 301 pass, and that's not 335 pass yards. I was looking at the playoff game. Uh, he had 200 yards against Jacksonville, the 341 against Detroit. So when the Giants need to pass the ball, they can. Obviously, in some of those situations, they were losing, and that affects it. I'd rather them run the ball because maybe that means they're winning. But I think Kafka is going to try and use the passing game more to his liking because like it was kind of – they didn't really use it well last year, in my opinion. They had some good games, they had some bad games, and they tried to use Saquon more. And I think they're going to try and balance this offense out a lot more this year and not rely as heavily on Saquon and run him into yeah. the ground. I think it really does come down to, you know, not not just like a Kafka thing, not a Dable thing, not necessarily a game plan thing. It also does come down to, can Daniel Jones reverse the Jason Garrett curse? And it's the same thing that kind of... Ben McAdoo put Eli through towards the end of his career of not check down, but dude, stretch the field. Let's, let's, let's get some hair back on our balls, man. Let's throw the ball. And now we got the horses. We got Waller. We got, you know, uh, Slayton, you know, who's not going to be relying on as the number one weapon, you know, Paris Campbell's coming in here, you know, looking to do some fun stuff. Hodgins, you know, can you be a contested catch guy? Um, So that's really the main thing is can if the average depth of target can stretch and if Jones can kind of change the mentality and if the coaches can allow him to change that mentality, that's like the biggest like um, determining factor in this. Would you agree, Bobby? Yeah, I, I think I think the, the 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 determiner of this is what they're doing offensively. Like, what's the philosophy? It's this again. It's not like how ah, they're gonna. And it's, it's not like you said, not about pass attempts, but what is their philosophy as an offense? Because right. you can you can find those yards pretty quick, and I think they are there'll be some. I mean, they were very run heavy last year, very run heavy, um, and I think they're going to be run heavy this year, but maybe not as as much. So, right. What did you, what did you say, Danny? I said I said what I said. I said over. I said yeah, over. we all went over. Over. Everyone knows. I gotta play. I think I do that song every year for the intro. You'll know by now. Um, next, Saquon, seventy-five rushing yards per game. Last year was eighty-two. The year before, forty-five. Two thousand twenty. The number doesn't even matter. And then seventy-seven to eighty-one. So he's done it three out of four years. Where are you going on this one, Justin? Yeah, so career best yards per game for Saquon Barkley. Um, like we said, congratulations to him. Barely beat out the 2018 of 81.7. I think I said the same thing last year, and I used the same reasoning, but I was wrong. I went under last year, and I'm going under again this year. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the teams on our schedule. Um, along with the philosophy and, and what I think the Giants offense, what, they, what I think they want to accomplish this year. Um, but let's look at this, you know, kind of the schedule this year. Out of the top 10 teams in defensive rushing DVOA last year, the Giants play those teams in nine games this year. That's over half. Um, 
So that's that they have a very kind of tough schedule, kind of sledding ahead with some tough defenses, um, but also like a, a relatively like a lot of tough rushing defenses too. And I think if you're, you know, if you're a team that's playing a tough defense, like the Eagles last year, you know, we were talking about how, oh, I think they're susceptible on the ground, but they're still like an average run defense. Odds are you're going to have to throw the ball against those teams because you need to just produce big plays. You need to try and keep the chains moving and you're not going to be able to sustain long drives against good defenses. So I'm going to go under for Saquon Barkley. And also last year, I was looking at his game log today. If you were to tell me that Saquon Barkley had four games with 100 rushing yards last year, I think I would be pretty surprised. Like I thought like you would I would think if you were to quiz Giants fans, they would at least say it like five or six. So I'm going under. Let's let's do the quiz right now. It's the Titans. He did that. Yeah. The Bears, he did that. Mm-hmm. The Texans, he did that, unfortunately, that Texans game plan. And it's neither one of the Commanders games. Neither of the Eagles, neither of the Cowboys. Oh, I can't. I, I can't figure out. Was it? No, it wasn't the Ravens, was it? It was. No, it was not the Ravens. It wasn't the Packers either. No. The Jaguars. The Jaguars. Yeah. The Jaguars. Yeah. Correct. That's a Giants. That's a Giants podcast right there. The Jags game was like just Daniel Jones' sake. Like, it was like that was that was a fun game. Um, I was there. That's why they played so well. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Justin's going under. I'm going over. And I've went under on the Saquon rushing the last couple of years was, uh, you know, wrong last year, right the year before. I'm going to keep it a little bit simple. He's done it three times in in four real seasons, um, and you know the one season he didn't was like when he just looked like one of the worst running backs in the NFL coming off of the injury, um, and that's behind bad offensive lines. And in twenty nine, like in 2019, he had some stinkers in there, you know. So I think even as this offense gets a little more, you know, like more more respectable as a passing offense, maybe not again, not blowing teams away passing, but just hey, you got to respect more guys out there, you know, like the second fastest player isn't going to be Richie James, you know, you're going to have Slayton, uh, Slayton Waller, Campbell and Hyatt out there for a line, just more respect that I think it's going to create more explosives for Saquon, um. And not have to be fourth in the NFL and carries like he was last season. Um, so I think he's going to have a little more yards per carry. If you put him at the 10th total of, of carries last year, he would have been at 68 with the yards per carry. But I, I think I think he's going to still get a decent amount of carries. And I think there's going to be some more explosives that boost the yards per carry up uh, a bit. And we maybe don't have the stinker of games that that he had last year as many. So I, I'm going to go over. I mean, he's done it three times in four seasons. And Danny, before you go, um, I do want to point out his final one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. He crossed the 75 yard marker twice, but now we know like with Saquon Barkley, we know that his month of September and his month of December's are really good. Like it's so crazy how every single year of his career, both of those months are really good. And then in the middle, he's either missing games or he's really bad. So uh, I kind of think it's going to be, you know, the the tendencies of the Giants offense. And then also, like Bobby said, you know, his efficiency and how often they're choosing to use him in the month of September and in the month of December. And then how often they're choosing to use and how often they're choosing to use him um, 
you know, maybe when he's not efficient, like in those October, November months where historically every single year of his career that he's been healthy, he has not really been good in those months. Danny King. What do you, yeah, Danny. Uh, I just, I was looking at his stats. I found this quite funny. In 2018, he played 16 games. 2019, he played in 13. 2021, he played in 13. 2022, he played in 16. So wow. uh, 13 game season inbound for Saquon Barkley. Lock. Book it. Um, I am also going over because he is simply, he's coming. He's not injured. He's not injured. And I, and Saquon will have those stinker of a game. So that's just a given. We saw it last year where he does look like he just can't do anything. And there's other games where he's just running all over teams. Like it's a peewee football team. It's as simple as that. Saquon's a good running back. Uh, pay the man. That's, that's just my thoughts on Saquon. And it's a contract year, possibly. If he's on the one-year deal, he's just going to increase his price tag even more. Yeah, that should be the that should be the narrative for Saquon every year. Contract year. Just keep tagging. Contract year going to be a big year for Saquon. I do believe in that, by the way. Little side tangent. Now that I've done this for for a few years, I I used to be like, oh no, they're all trying their best every single year. Contract year means a little bit more. So if Saquon's like on a contract year, I may kind of like I'm not going to change my official answer, but I would like, yeah, he's probably going to get over seventy five yards. Do you do you think that's a thing, Bobby? Like contract year, like their guys are going to show up? Absolutely. Now with Saquon, I don't think it makes much of a difference. Besides maybe playing a little bit bang, bang, banged up you know i think contract year he's gonna maybe put that shoulder through someone where if he's got a contract hey i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hit this hole as hard on third down or on second down in the third quarter down by two touchdowns or something but for yeah it's it's not about in season because we know like and that's the thing is where saquon it doesn't change his off season it's the off season for guys where contract year for guys like i'm gonna Spend a little more time in the offseason getting ready. So it's not really about in-game stuff. It's more about preparation for the season. But we know Saquon preps Like Sa- is Saquon well. squatting 400 pounds if he has a contract already? Who knows? Dude, pe- Who knows? <sighs> I maybe he shouldn't. My bad. My People bad. were My like, bad. how could you guys critique Saquon Barkley? It's like, it's not – like, obviously he's strong as shit. Like, no one's denying – it's – I don't think maxing out on squat at his NFL player is smart. I don't think there's any point to it besides making a cool-ass video. Yeah. All right, rookie. We got it. We always talk, try and do some stuff on the rookies. Jalen Hyatt, Whoa. 400 yards this year, over under. Danny King. I'm going to go. You know what? No, I'm going to go over because there's going to be injuries at the wide receiver position. That's just a guarantee in life. I hate to say it. Can Shepard stay healthy for a whole season? Probably not. I'm going to be honest with you. He has not stayed for a whole season in a while, and he's still coming off some nasty injuries. Uh, Wandale Robinson, what's he going to be like uh, coming off the torn ACL? Maybe he's not the same player we, uh, that we saw flashes of last year. I think Jalen Hyde could do it, if I'm being quite frank with you. He seems like a quality player, even though there's NFL scouts out there that apparently are now claiming he's not a good character guy because, you know, that's what you do when you don't get someone you wanted in the draft. So I think Jalen Hyde can eclipse 400 yards. I, I think he has that ability, and I think uh, not right away. He's not going to get – it's going to be later on this season he makes his push for 400. He's not going to be starting right away. He'll probably get the bare minimum of reps for a few weeks. But I do think Jalen Hyatt does have the possibility of cracking 400 yards because you have to account for injuries with this Giants team. You just have to because they're just an injury-riddled team. It happens every single year, and I think Jalen Hyatt will have the opportunity to go back out there. I think I'm for going forward, I'm always going to be the under on the rookies. Um, and I am going under with, with Jalen Hyatt. Only two guys in the Giants did it last year with Slayton and Richie James. Um, at 15 yards per catch, which is really high, he would need 27 catches. I just think there's too many there's too many targets to go around on the team again. Yes, injury does take place, but 
Slayton's not injury prone. Isaiah Hodges isn't injury prone. Um, and I think those are the guys that he's going to be mainly competing with reps for. I know he played, you know, quote unquote slot at Tennessee, but I see him playing a little more on the outside in the NFL. Um, so I'm just with rookies. I'm going under Justin. Yeah, I'm going to go under two, um, two, two wide receivers got over 400 yards last year. Um, Hodgins was at 351. He would have easily gotten over 400. Um, you know, he, he almost was around Darius Slayton's yards per game total, um, you know, so if he plays 16 games, 17 games, then, you know, he's up there with Darius Slayton with like 700 yards. So it would have been three wide receivers that have, would have gotten over 400, but I'm still going to go under for Hyatt. I think there's going to be some weeks and I think we're going to see this with the Giants wide receivers this year. There's going to be some weeks where Hyatt's a part of the game plan. And I think there's going to be some weeks where Hyatt's not a part of the game plan. I don't necessarily think oh, that's yeah. like a referendum on him. Um, I think it's just going to be, Hey, we want to roll out. Paris Campbell in the slot and maybe Wondell, uh, excuse me, Paris Campbell on the outside and maybe Wondell Robinson in the slot one week. And then it'll be the conventional Hodgins, Campbell in the slot and Slayton on uh, Slayton on the outside. So I think we're going to see some different looks and it'll change week to week. And obviously injuries, you know, may may fix this a little bit, but I am going to go under. What else are you going to do? What else am I going to do? I... <laughs> I'm going to consider, because the Giants season's coming up, um, I got to make sure that my mental health is taken care of, because the Giants can certainly give me some stress. I'm going to go to BetterHelp, and this show there, it is sponsored by BetterHelp, and sometimes in life we are forced with tough decisions, forks in the road, metaphorical forks, imagine if there was a fork just sticking out of the road, path forward isn't always clear, so whether if you're facing a tough decision around your career relationships if you can't find a relationship hey i'm married to the new york football giants um i gotta fix maybe not finding a significant other and i have to deal with some inner issues i just gave some information about myself and i may consider better help trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything the more you practice it the easier it gets hey football saquon barkley squatting practice let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Giants to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Giants. You'll be glad you did. I just gave information about my intimacy issues. <laughs> You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. <laughs> Danny, you like, you like that ad read? That was a solid ad read. And both, the you have, both of you have... Significant others, by the way. No. I'm married to I mean, the game. Hey, I respect that. I gotta be married to the game. Married yeah. to the grind. You're married to L16. That's who you're married <laughs> you to. You know what? That's a great. Oh, I'm actually married to snacks, if we're, <laughs> that if is we're being honest. I'm married to hope that Darren Waller yeah. is going to be productive <laughs> for the New York Giants. Darren Waller, 60 yards per game. Last year was 43, but the three years before that, he got it 60, 74, 71. You. There's been one receiver who's gotten more than 60 yards per game for Daniel Jones. Who was oh it? Oh, my God. Who was it? I, I, want, I want Justin to say it. Golden Tate. Yeah, it's Golden Tate. It's <laughs> Golden Tate. Thank God Daniel Jones had somebody. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going over, damn it. Like, I, I, uh, I am, I am, I, I am one, this does not include injuries. And I'm just like I'm. I, you know what? 
I am all in on Darren Waller. Like, this guy's a freaking star. He is a star. He is amazing. Like, he's... Again, we were excited for Kenny Galladay, and, like, rightfully so from his film before being on the Giants. Waller's just, like, on, like, 20 different, like, higher levels than Galladay ever was in Detroit. Like, this guy's top of the league at his position. He just moves differently than other cats. I'm going over. Like, I am believing in Darren Waller. I don't care. I love the hope, Bobby. And I love Darren Waller. I love the trade. He's going to contribute to the Giants. I don't, th- I, I'm bullish. I have to be because last time I'm, I'm not comparing the two, but I'm comparing the hype levels. We got Kenny Galladay. You got snacks at a bar crying that the Giants finally got their Plaxico. Yeah, <laughs> and now we're all celebrating. The Giants got whoever you want to compare Darren Waller to. Whether you want to say he's the next Mark Bavaro of the Giants, whether he's the next Jeremy Shockey. I'm going under. I am. I'm sorry. Can I, I wanna, say something? I, I, I want Yeah, you can say something. I'll say my last thing. I think that Kenny Galladay hype was bigger for Giants fans than Darren Waller hype. That's is. fair. No, I, you know, I, I think I could agree with that. I mean, I was literally outside, like hands on my head, like, oh my god, we have. Well, we're Kenny scarred. Galladay. We're scarred. You remember those SpongeBob time cards? I was w- waiting for that man to sign here, only for him to break my heart. That was yeah. part of it. It was like it was like a three day process. Like, we, yeah. me and Justin had like ten tweets drafted. I had a whole film breakdown done. Like, we were. Way that was part amp. of it too. But Giants fans are also very scarred. We are. Too. We're we're a scarred fan base. But no, I think Darrell Wall will contribute to the Giants greatly this year. I do. I just sixty yards per game. I want to see Daniel Jones actually utilize him, and that's like a dumb take. You're like, oh well, you can't see until the Waller's season. not a force it to guy. That's He's the not. thing that kid, that's that's the difference maker between me is is Waller's not like a force feed guy. Waller's no. like, not. Nah, this dude just gets open from the release. I just I just want to see Daniel Jones utilize. Uh, a weapon. I'm not saying force it to him, but I'm just saying I want to see him have the option. And until I see it, I'm going to go under, but I'm very excited for Darren Waller. And I think, you know, I think it's going to be a healthy year for Darren Waller. Let's go, Darren. Let's go, Ronnie Barnes. This is the only one that I have something written down with no notes on it. And I really want to change my answer for what I have written down. I'm going to. I'm going to go over. I wrote down under. Whoa. This is what the over under pod does to you. It's like, damn it! Like I'm, it's like yeah. I'm I'm apprehensive, and Daniel Jones is not a perfect quarterback. We we know that, so we need to talk about the ways in which he's not a perfect quarterback, and I am apprehensive on like Danny said it perfectly. I need to see it. Because right now, I it's it's too good to believe that it's bound to not go as right as it can. Because we're Giants fans, and that's just what's happened the last couple of years. Shit has not gone fully according to plan. Even winning nine games last year and winning a playoff game, uh, you know, the season didn't exactly <laughs> go to plan, right? Um, so I need to see it before I believe it. I need to see what the splits look like between his hand in the dirt and out wide. I think Darren Waller will be a much better and productive receiver with his hand in the dirt as a tight end than if he's being out wide, because I think if he's out wide, he's going to be using more contested situations. And we know Daniel Jones possibly struggles in those contested situations, but he's a very, but he's a good route runner. And I think he can kind of survive out there with, you know, with his hand, not in the dirt and just lined up in the slot or out wide. So I need to see it. So but you know, are you going over or under that? I'm going over because I need to believe in something. Fair. I'm uh, adding a new twist to it this year. Uh-oh. Um 
This isn't over-under. This is just pick. Giants receiving touchdown leader. Danny. <sighs> receiving touchdown leader. Uh, I think this may be unanimous cross border. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Isaiah Hodgins in, 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 in eight games, he matched our touchdown leader Ooh. last year with, uh, was it four? I want to yeah, make Rich, sure Richie James I'm four, the but he had a lot of like It was Richie James. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I am going Isaiah Hodgins. Maybe that's the most like basic take there is, but Daniel Jones liked Isaiah Hodgins in eight games enough to match Richie James. Now four touchdowns. Uh, ooh, but no, I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Isaiah Hodgins. And if it's not Isaiah Hodgins, it, I'm going Isaiah Hodgins. But if it's not Isaiah Hodgins, I will say it's going to be Darren Waller. Well, you're saying Isaiah Hodgins. Justin, I am saying, saying I am saying Isaiah Hodgins. Who are you saying, Justin? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Hodgins, too. Nick Urkelano, who does BDGE, Big Dogs Gotta Eat, fantasy football stuff, he asked me, like, why isn't Isaiah Hodgins hyped up a little bit more? Um, from like a fantasy standpoint and I went into it but then also like I, I thought it's like well I don't think Isaiah Hodgins's touchdown production was a fluke because if you look back at the touchdowns that he had a lot of them were with kind of like improvising Daniel Jones running outside the pocket and Isaiah Hodgins just simply finding space and I don't think that's a thing that changes year in and year out um, it's not like Hodgins, you know, had like maybe this freak play or whatever, whatever, whatever. I think Hodgins find you know, being a smart player, uh, smart, tough, dependable player, and getting open in the red zone. I don't think that's something that's going to change from 2022. I think it's going to sustain itself in 2023. I think he's going to be the most reliable red zone target for the Giants this year. I think Hodgins is a good answer because Dan Waller is going to get a lot of attention in the red zone and. We know this coaching staff is going to know that. So they're going to, you know, let's try and get some these plays designed for other people while Waller craves that attention. The last four years, it's been Hodges and James, Evan Ingram, Slayton and Shep, and then Slayton, who had eight in 2019. But you know what? I'm, I am going to say Darren Waller. I think he's going to get some outside of red zone touchdowns and he's going to get some touchdowns in the red zone. I think he'll get like f- five. So I'm going to go Darren Waller. Can I tell you a sleeper? Let's hear it. Jalen Hyatt? No. <laughs> Slayton? No. Paris Campbell. I think the way that you can utilize a slot receiver with picks and screens and quick little stuff. I mean, Richie James had four last year. So, you're. I mean, I, I know a lot of it was garbage time and, and things like that. But, you know, we're not taking into account with, you know, who's going to lead the team at touchdowns. You know, you're going to have garbage time stats. So, I think Paris Campbell, who was an upgrade over Richie James, I think Paris Campbell could sneakily be in this conversation the sick-minded person i am i will it's shepherd <laughs> no it's gonna be an it's it's one of those ones that's like it's gonna be interesting like who knows like who knows who's gonna be the giants receiving touchdown leader all right defense let's go a little quicker we uh we've been spending a lot of time on offense dexter lawrence five and a half sacks had seven and a half two and a half four and two and a half less of a snap count i am gonna go under now I think he's going to get the same. I think he's going to be generating the same amount of pressure, quarterback hits, but I just don't think he's going to get the over on the sacks. You know, like you look at it like compared to like the top five defensive tackles last year, most of their sack numbers were higher than Dex's, and I think with le- again less snap less snap share this year, um, hopefully getting some more edge pressure. I just think Dex is probably like at five sacks, but it's just it's it's still just as an impactful season as last season. Danny, I'm looking something up. You go. 
over with Dexter. Why not? I uh, know the snatcher by that. That's a fair point, but I mean, I, I feel like he could do it. I, I, I see where all with Dexter Lawrence can get five and a half sacks. I, 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 that seems like a completely reasonable number for me. If Dexter Lawrence is just running over dudes like he was last year, I don't see why not. And, uh, He's going to be productive. If he doesn't hit that number, I'm not going to be devastated. As long as Dexter Lawrence is that force, we need him to be in the middle of the line and anchor us. I'm down, but I think he could do it. Chris Jones is a machine, by the way. 700, He's insane. 741 pass rush snaps. Um, I mean, that that clears everyone. You know who was fourth in the, in the league in QB hits, according to a pro football reference among the interior defense alignment? Who? B.J. Hill. <laughs> T- tied with Quinn and former, Williams and former, Leonard Williams. What a former, JJ yeah. Watt. We at one point later. had the sickest defensive tackle group. Like we said it. I mean, because the Giants suck, people were like, no, they don't. I was like, we have the best defensive tackle group in the NFL with Leonard Williams, Dex, BJ Hill, Dalvin, or Dalvin, BJ Hill, and Austin Johnson. And BJ Hill was the was the guy on the outside looking in. You know, who yeah, our, like, our, our fifth defensive tackle and Austin Johnson unreal. got like 10 million a year or whatever yeah. it was. Bring it yeah, back. Crazy. Bring um, it all back. I'm going to go over. Yeah. I'm going to go over. Um, Dex led all interior defense linemen in the NFL last year with 26 QB hits via PFF. Pro football reference had him at 28. Um, I have also made a philosophical change, by the way. Um, I'm working on a, a video for JM Football where I watched a certain player every single snap of his season. I have to admit, pro football reference and the way that they track QB hits it is better than Pro Football Reference. Um, pressures, I still oh. think they overestimate, but Wait, that's... Pro Football football Focus or Reference? Pro Football Focus tracks QB hits better than Pro Football Reference. I, I would still give the nod to... I didn't count pressures for this player, but um, I will still give the nod to pressures for Pro Football Reference because since I do think, just looking at the pure number, that Pro Football Focus does overestimate pressures, but QB hits, PFF has it right. So, sacks... Look at Pro Football Reference. QB hits. Look at PFF. Pressures. Look at Pro Football Reference. Got it. Get it. Got it. Good. Write it down. Um, <laughs> Dex led the league amongst interior defense alignment with 26 QB hits. The player in second was Chris Jones with 17. So he led it by a margin of nine last year, which is which is pretty crazy. He was third in pass rush win rate behind Chris Jones and Aaron Donald last year. Um, so I'm going over because I think the production that Dex gave. Besides just getting the sacks, I think it will lead to more sacks, hopefully, this year. Now, here's the little pivot with Dex. Here's the ch- I-, I want him to, if Dex is going to take another step, it is going to be playing better in the division. Two sacks versus divisional opponents last year. Both of them versus Washington. Seven QB hits versus opponents we play this year. Out of the 26 that he had last year, seven QB hits versus opponents opponents we play this year. He had six in division last year. So 20 QB hits were coming in other games. Games in which Lawrence feasted the most was Houston, bad team. All Minnesota games, you know, kind of a suspect offensive line. The Chicago game, you know, they have a suspect line. The Colts game, you know, that team's a disaster. Um, you know, from a numbers standpoint and a production standpoint, those are the games which Dex feasted the most. He did well versus Washington, especially the Sunday night football game. So I want to see Dex play better Win against better Jason offensive Kelsey. lines. Huh? Jason, Kelsey, Jason Kelsey owned him. It's, yes. It's... That's like the next challenge for, for, yeah. for me for Dex. Kayvon Thibodeau, we're doing the same exact number as last year. Seven and a half sacks. Are you going over or under, Justin? I'm going under. And I'm going to hate this if he goes over. But 
I, I want to see it, man. 70th and pass rush win rate amongst edge rushers last year. Um, the biggest thing for Kayvon is consistency and not disappearing. Like, that was the biggest thing last year. Now, I will say the injury early in the year last year, I think, threw off the entire rhythm of the of his year. And I think that there's a chance that if that didn't happen, Kayvon possibly maybe gets close to seven sacks last year. Um but according to PFF, Kayvon had 12 QB hits last year, five of them coming in one game on Thanksgiving versus the Cowboys. And after that game, he did not have a single multi-QB hit game. So um, I'm going to go under for Kayvon. I want to see it. I know it's there, and I know we can see it, but I'm still going to go under. Yeah, me too. I mean, he had four last year. Two of them were untouched. Matthew Judon, who's had 28 sacks the last two years for the Patriots, like been awesome. With the Ravens and Wink Martindale, he had six, nine and a half, seven, uh, eight and four. So it's not like he was, you know, put it like he could put up more numbers in a different system than what Wink was doing. Uh, I got, I got to see Kayvon work the corner better. Like not just working outside inside moves. Like I want to see him work the corner. Like he, like he did that strip sack versus commanders. I want to see him work the corner more consistently. That's my goal for him, but I'm going to go under partly just because like for a lot of the reasons you said, Justin, but also the, the scheme, Danny. Uh, I think seven and a half is a number Kavog can achieve in his third year in the league. Yes. Oh, I don't oh. think he could do it in the second. You teased me. I did. I did. Uh, Kavon's going to go under here. Love Kavon. He's going to be a game changer for us. I think if the number was closer to four, I think that's a number he, he could easily achieve. Kavon is the guy I'm most excited for this year, though. Like, I want to see what type of jump you make, right? Like, you're the fifth. Like, because we could have a star on our hands, right? Like, oh, not yeah. just a good player, a solid player that you're really appreciative of and you get a second. Like, like we could have a star on our hands, and I, and I hope that's what we get from Kayvon. All right, team defense, 121 rushing yards per game. That's dead That's dead center of the NFL last year. Um, you know, last year they were, you know, fifth worst. Gave up 144 yards a game. I think the defensive tackle help of Ashawn Robinson and, and Nacho. You get Okereke. Maybe play a little bit better on the edge. Cave on. The Ravens under Wink were first, eighth, and fifth. I, I'm going under. I'm going under. Because I know that the way teams ran on them made Wink Martindale skin crawl. And I think they're going to put a lot of effort, not just in those additions of players, but schematically to stopping the run this year. So I'm going to go under. I think there's going to be a big improvement in the Giants' run defense this year. Man, I there's a part of me that's, like, in a way nervous for, like, any possible regression with this defense because they were good last year. But, like, what if, like, they take a step back? There's a part of me that really does like that. But I'm also naive in a way that this defense is still very good. They still have a solid defensive line. They have a solid group of guys. Bobby mentioned all the great Wink Martindale stats. And Wink Martindale, he's he's gonna be coming off mad that he didn't get a head coaching job. This now his players have the effects obviously, but he's gonna he's gonna want to go out there and prove that he got passed over. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under as well. I, I trust this Giants defensive unit to get the job done. They will ultimately, I believe, win us games again in 2023. And I think we just have a solid group of guys in the middle, on the edge, linebackers. You can argue that's a different story, but I still think we can hold teams to that number. I'm gonna go over. I think it's gonna be better, and I think it's gonna be close to average. 
but I still think it's going to be over. I, I, I think the linebackers and the lack of depth at linebackers specifically, I think that's going to kill us a little bit. We still had Dex and Leo last year, um, you know, playing a lot of snaps, a lot more snaps than they should, but teams were still able to run the ball at will. And I think it's going to be better this year, but it'll be slightly uh, worse than average. So I am going to go over on this. Do you, Am I reading the next ad? Yeah, I would love that. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. They're our presenting sponsor. We love them. If you don't do. know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing Seagic. app that makes buying tickets super simple. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. And you can't dispute, dispute that because that's a fact, Jack. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. They always want to make sure you are getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means red. Or green means green does not mean red. You no, it does moron. not. Testing you, Danny King. Green means good. Red means bad. Also means speed up. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only uh, site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps, which is a total game changer. We've got the hookup. Use code Giants for twenty dollars off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's twenty dollars off your first purchase with promo code Giants. Click the link in the description to download the app you are glad you did what's the breaking news uh today that people when people are listening to this i'm going to a shania twain concert guess where i got my tickets Seek Geek. yeah great guys I, used- I got a uh, subway series tickets on Seek Geek. oh boo terrible event <laughs> great ticketing app though great ticketed app though gave me uh, a great deal let's go let's go quick team defense nine and a half interceptions they had six last season 10 would still be bottom nine in the NFL for interceptions. Yet I'm still going under. There's not interception guys on this team. Adore is not an interception guy. He has nope. one in the last two years. Deontay Banks is not an interception guy. Nope. And Mc- McKinney didn't have any last year, even though I think he's going to get some this year. And then the other safety position is a huge question mark. Uh, so I'm going under on this. I, th- I think it's going to be at nine. So which will be three more than last year. I think it'll make Ooh. that makes difference in games, but it's still going to be bad. Justin, Danny, oh, I was ready. Oh, go, go for it, Justin. Da- J- Justin, uh, I'm going over um, because ah, belief. The last couple years, you know, getting you know what what are what do we what do we have it set at right now? Right, nine, nine and a half, nine and a half. You know, nine and ten. Over the last court, you know, last couple of years of the NFL is still like bottom of the barrel, like the final mm-hmm. four or five teams in a National Football League. And Wink Martindale's defenses have been down there pretty consistently, but um, the line is you got to believe in something. And I inevitably, think, I inevitably think that this stat is going to change a little bit in the Giants' favor. So I'm going over. Uh, I hope none of our secondary guys go on ATVs this year. Please, that that's what I hope. And believe in uh, it's going to be under. Like I'm wow. going based off Bobby's. They don't have really big interception guys, so I don't got the faith that they'll have nine and a half interceptions. I just don't. With that, who is Ooh. going to be the interception leader for the team? I'm going safe, just McKinney. Right? It's like at least I know that no. guy's got it in him to get in the interceptions. We don't know who's going to start next to him at safety. Okereke. Oh, you know who would be second with me? Okereke. He has three career interceptions. I just yeah. looked that up. That's he, a he, solid. In those OTA reports, he was interception city out there. Um, 
But I'm just going safe. I'm saying McKinney. I'm going Dane Bilton. I'm fully back in now. Now now that Sean Marash uh, uncracked the code that that's why he was missing games because he was struggling with an injury in the middle of the year, I went from, why is this guy not playing? I'm really concerned about him to, all right, I'm fully back in. Um, give me give me that one play that we saw him against Seattle where he like baited Geno Smith into throwing a ball on third down, and he's going to jump routes and stuff. So Dane Belton, all the way in. Danny. Uh, Julian Love and Dane Belton both had two last year. That was, yeah, that was our Those were the leaders, McKinney the year before God. and Bradbury the year before that. It's really bad. That's like, really bad. They that's just like didn't a, pick that's, off the ball. That's, that's like and Julia Love bad. got his. I'm pretty sure one or, one or both of them was like off a tip. No, one of them was off tip pass against well, Dallas. Not, well, yep. Lamar Jackson would look like a weirdo that one play when they got. Yeah, that was also a weird one too. Yeah, electric play though. I'll add. Um, there's a part of me that really just wants to say have fun with it and just go Deontay Banks because why? Yeah, not? I'm gonna go Deontay Banks. Let's have fun with it. I was. Uh, Let's have fun with it because I genuinely don't know who it could be. It could be. He's going to get targeted be because he's a rookie. I, I'm gonna, yeah, let's, let's go Deontay. Maybe Deontay. Maybe we bring back the NYPD moniker. <laughs> no. Can we stop bringing that back, by the way? Because like it never as well the moment we bring that back. And I'll tell you a low key, an, another underrated guy that maybe I would go with. I Damn it. I should have went with him. I think if Cordo Flot is going to be in the slot, like, you know, the reports oh, are indicating. Um, Darnay Holmes. Like, the most contested catches that, like, a cornerback faced last year, this is just off of eye test, and also, you know, the most catches that a cornerback allowed, was Darnay Holmes in the slot, where it's like, dude, it's like, against man coverage, we know that you're right there, but you're just so freaking small. Cordell Flott has the size advantage over most guys in the slot. You know, he has the longer arms, so, you know, if guys are going to be trying contested, you know, if if offenses are going to be trying contested stuff again against our slot corner this year, which could be Cordell Flott, he can come down with a few interceptions. So that's my little theory, too. All right. All right, so that's our over-unders. I wrote them all down for you, Justin. Uh, Quick, before we go, supplemental draft is today on Tuesday. What the supplemental draft is, is it's a draft for, I'm going to make a little quick video, put this out uh, Tuesday morning too. Um, It's a draft for players who aren't eligible to play college football this year because they either were academically ineligible, they uh, violated NCAA rules or got kicked off the team, but they were draft eligible, but they just weren't in the draft. Um, Last time someone was drafted in this was 2019, Jalen Thompson by the Cardinals. Maybe the best one in the past 10 years. You could argue Josh Gordon, but it's like, was Josh Gordon worth a second round pick? Maybe. It's Josh Gordon, by the way. That guy averaged, I wrote it down, 117 yards per game in a second year. <laughs> with Brian Horick, our quarterback. You know how amazing that is? Like, I don't think Odell even did that. And we talk about like the, the pace that Obel, Odell Beckham Jr. was on. Did, did Odell ever average 117 yards per game? No, there's no way. No way. It was. No he, way. I mean, he had over 1600 yards and f- and he missed two games. Well, while you look for that, Bob, yeah, Odell's when... most was 108. Oh, yeah, yeah let's look at Randy Moss. You remember when Sam Beal was called the next best thing out of that draft? I'm getting Since next. He's a nice true. little meme for us. Let's see. Did what did Randy Moss do? I mean, Randy Moss had 23 touchdowns in a year. Not even close. 100, 102 yards per game was his best. I mean, Josh Gordon could have been one of the best wide receivers ever, and he was just an asshole. He just could not 
stay off. Um, it's technically legal now. And he's bounced around on teams. Because remember, he got traded to the Patriots, and he was on the he Chiefs. Did. I think he was on like a Titans practice squad last year. Where is um, he so now? Let's find you out. do get some talented players in there. Sam Beal's obviously in there. Terrell Pryor <laughs> in 2011, another guy who had a thousand yards receiving for the Browns. I love Tony. Um, uh, haven't had some. There's two players in this draft, and I actually went and did evaluations on them. Um, the one that's getting the more ho- hype is the one I'm not hyped on. Milton Wright, the wide receiver out of Purdue, he had like horrible testing: four six nine forty seven eight three. Like he had a one point three six relative athletic score. Um, and again, both these guys are academically ineligible, which kind of tells me they're probably on the Giants' radar. But you know what? It's I figured I'd do it. Bigger body wide receiver doesn't have NFL athleticism. Is a long strider, so if he gets some separation to start the rep, he can get open downfield and he makes some tough um, contested catches. Um, but no yak ability has changed the direction. He's like really trash. But you know, he had 732 yards and seven touchdowns in 2021 before missing this last year because of ineligibility. The guy who interests me, and I think would be worth a sixth, seventh round pick, I don't think Milton Wright will get drafted. I don't think either will get drafted. Malachi Weidman, out of wide receiver at Jackson State, so Deion Sanders school. Six foot four, six five, one ninety. Um, I, I tried. There's a video on YouTube. I tried timing his forty time. It looked like a four four, like somewhere in there. And at that size, you know, in 2021, he had 12 touchdowns in 11 games on 540 yards. Played basketball at Jackson State too. Um, you know, he committed to Tennessee the before transferring there. And I think he's got like solid speed for his size, and like you know, can has a little wiggle and change of direction. I think he's someone that is worth a sixth, seventh round pick. The question, though, is smart, tough, dependable. Are you going to use a pick on that? A guy who's, you know, two years academically ineligible? I don't think so, but I figured I'd do the research on the guys. And supplemental draft is the ultimate, like, football nerd thing. So I'm like, I, I really take pride in. I mean, I actually do, like, every year I, like, text the reporters. I'm like, is supplemental draft happening? And then when Dane Brugger t- tweeted out, I was, I was so damn excited. So, um, and teams bid on it. So if, if let's a, have a draft, let's have a draft. If if so, if you if like you just go first round, no one bids on him. Second round, no. One, you know who the last first round pick in the supplemental draft was? Dave Brown, quarterback out of Duke for the Giants. Oh, um, so, so let's say the Giants bid a fifth round pick, and so do the Cardinals. The Cardinals will get that player because they had the higher draft picks. So. Uh, so it's not on TV. It's just a conference call, but I'm excited to be refreshing my phone on Tuesday. So we appreciate you guys. Danny, I think the next time you'll be on a pod will be preview pod week one. So we'll see you then. Whoa. We'll see you at camp. Justin, anything else? Oh. No. Appreciate everybody. We will see you on Friday. See you on Friday. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>